DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone, broadcasting live here at Marley's. We just had a guy come in and claim the last Grayson Allen jersey. At least I'm told it's the last Grayson Allen jersey. And all you have to do is go up to the register, tell them, hey, $5 off. I heard it on The Zone. And they will hook you up. So come on in, mention a $5 off, and uh, you get a discount here at Marley's. 1600 North Exit, I-15 in Lennon or in Timpanogos Harley-Davidson. And you can mention at the drive through window, too. They'll hook you up, get you on your way here this morning. All right, DJ and PK. PK, we talked about this a little earlier in the show as we get ready for the big games this weekend. BYU and Baylor, two of the coaches whose salaries did not appear in the annual USAToday.com compilation of the coaches' salaries. And... We talked to uh, Tom Holmo and Chad Lewis. We were down at a golf tournament at Riverside Country Club a couple weeks ago for the National uh, Football Foundation. And they were talking about things that have to change when they go to the Big 12. And Tom was talking about just looking at the way they do everything to make sure that they're ready to be competitive at the highest level. And Chad was talking about how much that would cost and how many boosters said, hey, if you ever go Power 5, we'll be ready to help. And He was laughing, saying, well, it's time to double back and talk to all those people. And I was just wondering off some of the conversations you've had with people, not even necessarily just now, but over the years, obviously just now because that updates the numbers. But I think the attitude is as important as the number. You know, over the years, the price tag to compete in college football just keeps skyrocketing. And there are people thinking, should BYU pay 2 pay $3 million? If you pay $2.5 million right now, a college football coach who makes $2.5 million would be the 62nd best paid coach out of 130 schools. If you pay $3 bucks, uh, then you're 54th. If you pay $4 bucks, then it's a tie for 32nd with uh, Dana Holgerson at Houston, who's coming into the Big 12. Um, Matt Campbell at Iowa State, who's in the Big 12. Uh, there's a group of five or six coaches there. And... You know, BYU is not going to lead the charge. We all know that. But to what degree are they going to keep pace, and to what degree do they think they need to stay in the pack? We know they believe that they offer other things that coaches will find attractive. And obviously, right now, they're dealing with Kalani, and it's his alma mater, and that's got to count for something. So what neighborhood do they have to be in so you're not insulting people? You don't have to lead the charge, but you want to be in the ballpark. Yeah, they got to be up on that hill uh, above Tim View High. That's the neighborhood up there. I don't know what it's called. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, you asked what neighborhood, so I'm telling you. <laughs> up there with a couple of Osmonds, right? I'm guessing. <laughs> but I've been it's up not there once. Guess. I got They're called the tree, tree Streets up in that area. Uh, yeah, I've, I've, I've only been up there once. Uh, a friend invited me to his friend's place, and it was awesome. And the guy uh, was happy to have me because he's a listener, so he knew who I was. And it was sweet up there. But now I get your point. You're talking about money. You know, I think that you got two factions there. You've got one, the folks who are into BYU football, two words, pay them. <laughs> They've got zero problem. Wait, I'm sorry. That was, that was too complicated. What do they want? <laughs> it's real simple. They're football fans. They're BYU football fans. And at, at the core, the BYU football fan, man, woman, child, is no different than fill-in-the-blank fan. Wants to win. So, simple. Pay him. Pay him the going rate. If he's successful and deserves it, 
I think that the hardcore BYU football fan, BYU football fans, you can correct me if I'm wrong, the hardcore BYU football fan says pay him because they want to win. They have just as much enjoyment uh, as any other fan base when they win on Saturdays. And what's even sweeter is win on Friday when your season is great and then you have a pressure-free Saturday to watch football. And it's going to be even more so in two years when you get in the league because then it's more fun, right? If your team wins on a Friday and it's a league game, then you get to kick back and watch everybody else go. And you don't have as much pressure unless it's late in the season and you need team A, B, or C to win because that will give you an advantage over whoever they're playing. But that's part of the fun of all that. And you'll you'll get back to that after being gone for uh, 12, 13 years. then, Then you have the other people, the non-football people, who say, hey, wait a second. But you, interestingly, you have those people at every institution that they're just yep. outraged that football gets paid that much. But th- yep. they may be professors at a given university or what, an administrator, but they don't have much say. So you can, basically they can yell and scream all they want. Who cares? It, it's about the board of trustees who are involved there. And that's where it gets a little dicey with BYU. Because you're getting people from a religious aspect as opposed to a sports academic aspect, which doesn't mean necessarily that those men, whoever, uh, I don't know who they are, whoever the board of trustees are, uh, they're church leaders, I assume, right? Uh, But some of those folks are hardcore sports people, too. Uh, they may be uh, highly accomplished in whatever business they came through and also were called to be religious leaders, but they're also sports fans. So you're going to have a, a mix of folks. I believe that BYU knows what it's getting into. Tom, Chad Lewis, Robbie Bosco, these folks, they're highly intelligent folks, and they know that raising money and all sorts of stuff is going to be important because the U had to do it too, right? They had to make yep. that jump. And in a lot of different ways, because, you don't. the last thing you want to do is go into the thing and just flounder. That serves no one any good. Right. That's a that's <laughs> just a waste of everything. Right. So with that in mind, they know that they're not they're never going to lead the Big 12. That's not who it is. And you could say that Kalani's an, uh, uh, an alum and he is and BYU is special experiences, but they weren't uh-huh. special enough to keep Bronco. <laughs> Right, <laughs> they weren't spe- all those, and and nobody preached church more than he does. Kalani does it too. He just does it in a more subtle way because he wasn't charged. He didn't take over a program that was in honor code shambles, and Bronco did, and he was charged to do that. You can criticize Bronco all you want, but he was told to do it. And I don't know about you, but when my employer tells me to do something, there's like a ninety nine percent chance I'm going to do it. Because I want to keep my job. So Bronco was charged to do it, and he did it. He took all sorts of crap for it, but that's what he was told to do, and he did it, and he won too. But nevertheless, all those spiritual benefits or whatever other benefits they are in Provo, they weren't enough to keep him. Well, it's his alma mater, and it wasn't Bronco's alma mater. All right, Brian Harson, it was his alma mater at Boise State. And how much did that matter when Auburn threw the big cash at him? 
Now you can go G5 to Power 5. Yep. I got it. And BYU is going to be a Power 5 going forward. So maybe that does make a difference. I think it makes a difference to a degree. But if it's a 4 or $5 million difference over the life of a 4 to 5-year deal, how much difference does it make? I'm not sure. That, and I'm not, and I, we all know Kalani. I've known him for 20-some years. But I can't say I know his heart when he's faced with that decision. What will he do? Hopefully, if you're a BYU fan, you want him to be faced with, do I stay or do I go? Because in the old Chris Hill thing, if they want my coaches, that means my coaches are doing well. And so you want him. I believe that BYU is going to pay competitively in the Big 12. Not the top, but competitively. So it's funny you bring up Harson because um – now he was probably making more, but his replacement is making one point five million. Right, Auburn right well, his now first is time paying head coach. Right, and so Harson was probably making more, but Harson's yeah. making five million at Auburn. And for all the BYU fans who think BYU is going to go in to the Big Twelve and in the down years be in the middle of the league, and in the up years be at the top of the league, well, just look at the schools that are paying and are paying to change coaches and how much they're paying trying to get it right. Schools that have either just changed, are about to change, uh, these price tags. I mean, what is Herman at Arizona State? They made a change. It's his third year, right? This is Herm's fourth. It's his fourth year. He's yeah. at $3.9 million. Iowa State hasn't gotten it right in forever. Now they got Matt Campbell. He's got it right. They're good. And he's making $4 million bucks. Mike Gundy at Oklahoma State is making 4.2. Bronco left BYU for Virginia. He's making 4.2 million. <laughs> Minnesota hasn't been good in forever. Now they're having a pretty good run. PJ Fleck is making 4.4 million. Auburn had to fix it, so they paid 5 million. Mississippi State hired Mike Leach away. They had to fix it. They paid 5 million dollars. Nebraska had to fix it. They paid Scott Frost 5 million to go back to his alma mater, and now he's on the hot seat. So those are pretty common neighborhoods. Michigan State stole Mel Tucker away from Colorado. They're 6-0. and That seems to be going pretty well. They're paying him $5.5 million. It's going so, so well, Mel Tucker's going to go to LSU. That's how well it's going. <laughs> <laughs> On the move again, baby. Ed Orgeron is making $9 million at LSU. But they aren't winning, so they will buy him out. Yeah, 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 yeah. Pay so. somebody else, and here we go. So if you are constantly in the middle of your league in the downtimes and at the top of your league in your uptimes, somebody's coming with that kind of money. And the money's growing every year. Well, so, I think what you're going to have there is that if you're in it to make the maximum, you'll end up in the SEC. Yes. And I know people love to argue with you, but I'm looking at the list right now, and of the top – Eight coaches in pay, and they have the salaries for 123 of the 130 coaches. A couple service academies, a few private schools. But of the top eight paid coaches, five are in the SEC. Dabo Sweeney is at Clemson. David Shaw is at Stanford. And Lincoln Riley is at Oklahoma. So you got one Pac-12, one ACC, one Big 12. Eight SEC and no Big 10. Ryan Day at Ohio State, number nine, is the top paid coach in the Big Ten at $6.7 million. So you're already there. Five SEC teams paying top dollar. Right. And, and if they don't win, they fire. Top dollar. Yeah. So, no. 
No. No, but this is going to drag the middle of it along, and it just means there's more suitors. There's more teams who are going to look at his number and think, we can afford a number much better than that, but will that be 20 teams, 40 teams, 60 teams? You know, just decide how BYU decides to compensate coaches, especially the head football coach as they go into the Big 12, and then what level of success do they have? Yeah, and there were other factors as why Bronco left. He was tired of being smothered. Kalani doesn't view it as being smothered. It's just different personalities, right? Bronco yep. was really good in a one-on-one situation. I got along with the guy great. Zero problems with Bronco Mendenhall. I actually loved covering, especially after Croton. I absolutely loved covering Bronco. He treated me well. Uh, he would give me time whenever I asked for it. And because he knew if I said, hey, I need 10 minutes, it wasn't 35 minutes. He hated that. He'd, I talked to him on the phone. He'd call me, return my phone calls. Uh, just, just a great guy for me to cover. My personal relationship with Bronco, from my point of view, was outstanding. But he was smothered. He, he just didn't like all that stuff, right? And he just didn't like being badgered at church and interrupted at press conferences go out to dinner (laughs) with his wife and it's funny because his wife was so much different she was so outgoing and she told me on the phone once she's told him to loosen up a little bit but that's who he was so you got to be true to your kalani hey the more the merrier man the guy just revels in front of crowds he's so comfortable so personable it's who he is he he remembered i went golfing on the day of the byu utah game my wife and I, she didn't go to the game, but I did. We went golfing down at Hobble Creek, and I got hooked up with a guy and his daughter from St. George who's a senior, and he starts telling me he recognizes who I am. He told my wife about the sixth hole. Man, his persona in, in life is really different than it is on the radio and television. <laughs> right? But yep. anyway, so, so he, he, he's loosening up to me. He tells me a story about his daughter who it, it, it was a difficult situation uh, family-wise that was somewhat akin to Kalani. And the gal uh, was going on a homecoming date or something, Kalani called the da- the gal's date to make sure he took good care of her, right? And this guy's telling me this stuff, and that's who he is. So he can revel in Utah County where the football coach literally is the most famous person, uh, maybe outside of Donnie Osmond, right? <laughs> but, yeah. uh, and, I mean, Donnie lives there, and he's around the community. You see him from time to time. I've seen him from time to time. And Donnie's another guy, actually, who is very comfortable in his own skin that way, too, for that matter, right? Very, very personable, normal dude, despite the international success that he's had for 40 or 50 years, whatever it is. He can be an average guy. It's amazing, actually. Um, can't say enough about the way Donnie lives his life, too. Well, Kalani's that way. So maybe that keeps him there. But you got money in the end matters. And you can discount it all you want. But it matters. It just does. And that's why I think BYU is fully aware of that. They know this is not a surprise to them. And they know that leverage counts, too. And they're going to probably have to increase it. I think they're going to do everything within their power to try to keep him if it comes to that maybe Kalani doesn't even entertain these offers who knows I, I can't tell you what's going to happen even though I've known him for two decades I don't know when it when it hits the fan then we'll see 
but they've made inroads. And then also, too, it's not just him. Now, I have been told this multiple times by multiple people. You've got to take care of the staff. And that's one thing that Bronco was really excited about, that he was literally doubling guys' salaries to go to Virginia. Though That's a black and white fact, because assistants told me right, point blank, I make this here, I will make that there. And what do you expect me to do? Yeah. And I shook their hands and said, congratulations. congratulations. I'll be following you from a distance. <laughs> that and, and this is the kind of thing like Tom Homo knows this. He doesn't need to be told. This is like not new information to him. He was in coaching. You want to get the best coaches, you have to pay them. They have even less security than head coaches. And you can win a national title and be on the hot seat and fired within a couple of years. Right? That's what's going on at LSU right now. But the assistant coaches don't make as much money. They're on even hotter seats. A lot of them are year-to-year. The lucky ones have two-year deals. Three years pretty much unheard of. So that's not even the second question you ask after you get hired. That's the kind of thing coaches are asking when they're getting interviewed. What's the pool for assistance? The head coach gets to divvy it up and decide how to split it up, but they want to know what the pool is. That's a really important question. And that's a reason Chad Lewis has got to be out there doubling back to the donors who say, call me when you're in the Power Five. Because when you're going to get in the Power Five, if you want the good assistance, you've got to be ready to compete because the competition for those guys is really intense. And oh, yeah. You've got to pay them because they have the no The better parents, you are, no the better your staff is. It goes hand in Absolutely. hand. Absolutely. You need yep. a good staff to win, particularly in football. Uh, you need them to do two things. You need them to recruit well, and depending on how much authority they have on the staff, you need them to come up with really good game plans. So BYU's in a good spot. Uh, I'm not sweating it right now. Uh, I think that uh, they'll be okay. I think they'll rise to the occasion, not put them at number one or two, but I think they'll find ways. They know it. I think they're in it to win it. Uh, at this point. If they're in it to win it and they're paying in the middle of the Big 12, then I think they'll be, they'll be in good shape. But right now, the middle of the Big 12 is $4 bucks, and that number is going to go up. And that's kind of on the high end of what I thought BYU would be paying. But, you know, times change. You get new challenges, and you try to figure stuff out. But some of that stuff's got to be figured out well above Tom Holmo. So we'll see that's where that the goes. Thing. That's where BYU gets more interesting than the average university because you've got more folks removed from the athletic department having a say and having the say, actually. Yeah. All right, DJ and PK, there is not a lot of brash trash talk going into this weekend's games, and I think there's a pretty obvious reason why, and we will get to that and get you up to speed on everything you missed in this show next. Stay with us. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. We are broadcasting live from Marley's off I-15. 1600 North exit. Harley-Davidson, the uh, Timidogas Harley-Davidson. And we are going to be joined right now by Daisy. And Daisy, you got some specials going this morning here at Marley's. Tell us about them. Alrighty, so the first 25 people to come in for breakfast and say The Zone gets $5 off of any entree. Nice. Mm-hmm. Excellent. What's your favorite entree here in the morning? Um, I like the burritos. Sausage is probably the best meat in my own opinion. 
but the burritos are really good. The burritos are excellent. Yeah. Are they more popular than the French toast? Uh, probably not. I'm not much of a sweet person, but the French toast is probably the most popular thing. Yeah. And you got pancakes going too. Uh-huh. So you got something for everybody this morning. Yep, and you can add chocolate chips to your pancakes, spice it up a little. Mm-hmm. Okay, now that's a serious sweet tooth. Oh, that's a little yeah. much. All right, and for uh, the folks who are going to come in at lunchtime and get, uh, get some of the sliders, uh, what's your go-to? What's your favorite? I like the fajita. That's that a kid go-to. right there. That's uh-huh. a right-thinking American right there. <laughs> right. Excellent. I usually get two. I do the fajita, and then I do one other, and that one usually rotates around. Right, right. Switch you got it a, up a little. Exactly. You got a second favorite? Uh, probably the handsome Rob. Oh, really? Uh-huh. Spicy buffalo sauce is super good on that. Now, what's the, there's a killer one, right? Uh-huh. That's what? the spicy breaded chicken. Okay. Mm-hmm. And the uh, Lex or Lexi, what is that one? That's a uh, turkey. It's kind of like a Thanksgiving slider. has like cranberry sauce, honeydew, turkey, lettuce. We're getting all there. All that good stuff, yeah. We're getting there. Oh, yeah. Nice. All right. Anything else people should know as they head down to Marley's here? Can they call in their order, hit the drive through window? Yeah. Be in and out and on their way? Yeah. drive is always open. We take calls in. Call, sorry. Calls call in for takeout orders that's all acceptable but. you got the number off the top of your head or should they find it on their phone uh i don't have it on the top of my head but if you just google search it you'll find it on there our it website. is all right marley's stop by say hi daisy is here she's ready <laughs> to take your order and you've got 20 the next 25 people are getting five dollars off yep that's correct all right come on into marley's get yourself a deal uh, the breakfast sliders are three fifty. So let me do the math. You get two of them for two bucks then with the five dollar off deal. Yep, you got nice. it. Nice, there mm-hmm. it is. So still. All right, thanks, Daisy. You bet. We're broadcasting live here at Marley's. We got jazz gear too. You can pick up a uh, a t shirt. Got take note shirts. Orange, yellow, navy blue, got some grays, got a couple of the white caps left as well. If you're looking for the ball cap. DJ PK live at Marley's. 1600 North exit off I-15. Go west, and you'll be there in a couple hundred yards. You can't miss Tippinogas Harley-Davidson, and Marley's is on the west end of that. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. It's game week for the Cougars. And the Zone Sports Network is getting you ready for kickoff. It ain't over till it's over. It's a trip to the Lone Star State for the Cougars as BYU heads to wake up for a massive showdown against Baylor as the Cougars look to knock off a future Big 12 opponent. Catch the Cougar pregame show Saturday at 1230 with the postgame show immediately following the game. From Monday morning to the postgame press conference, nobody brings you better coverage of Cougar football than 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Here comes a 1-2 from Duvall. Finds one in the right center field for a base hit. Turner will score. Lux is on his way to third. Bellinger with the biggest hit of his career has just given the Dodgers a 2-1 lead. 0-2. Scherzer to Florence. Just outside. He went around. Strike three. Gabe Morales, the first base umpire. The Dodgers are going to the National League Championship Series. And the two-strike pitch. Here it is. And that's low. And a, a check swing. It is ruled a swing by Gabe Morales, the first base umpire. And the Dodgers have won the game. On a check swing, the Dodgers looked like he checked it. Oh, it doesn't matter. Totally First base ump thought he went. I didn't think he went watching live. No, he, he did not check his swing, though, because in order to check your swing, 
you've got to attempt to swing. <laughs> he checked it pre-check. Yeah. It was pre-check. Right. That was a tough way for a great series to end. And I don't it know was. if the Giants are going to win it anyway, but no. that sucked. <laughs> I was it waiting did, for some did, drama. Did. And did, didn't you did, think when the did. Dodgers committed an error in the ninth that it's like, oh, baseball karma, something's going to happen. You can't commit a one-out error and put the tie and run on base. Something's going to happen. What's it going to be? Well, it wasn't a little little roller up the line through the legs. Uh, it, was a, it was somewhat of a tough play for Turner. And he he bobbled it on the exchange. I wasn't sure. I didn't know the. I didn't it, like if you would have walked the first two guys, then baseball gods are saying sorry, Dodgers. We're not letting you. You're going to lose. This. Yeah, yeah. So well, I wasn't quite to that point. And the count was zero and two. And it is Max Scherzer who has always been good. I mean, Hall of Fame good. But since he got with the Dodgers, he turned into Bob Gibson good. Uh, so. <laughs> Uh, you know, I, I don't know what would have happened. I just, you just hate to see it. I mean, you let the player decide. And the thing about it, a lot of those check swings are close. This wasn't even close. That's that was the mind blow. He didn't even attempt to swing. It's like he just put his bat there. It was not a swing. It, it, it was just shocking. As Joe, what's his name, John Miller, I think the Giants announcer yeah. was just, yep. and even Steiner there. He wanted to say, you got to be kidding me. <laughs> and the Dodgers knew full well what the story was. They knew that that wasn't a check swing. They'll take it. Uh, but they knew that he did not go all – he didn't even attempt it. That's what was amazing to me is that you call it on something where he just basically took the bat off his shoulder and you ring him up. Uh, and no one – even if it was a, a blatant check swing and you called it a ball – there's not as much outrage that way as if the way you did it with the series on the line. I mean, literally. Not to say Flores would have hit a two-run homer and they would have won the game, but I don't know what happened. Baseball, stranger things have happened, man. You get 27 of them. There's no clock you're going against. You know, and I just referred to the little roller uh, with the Dodgers. Yeah. I mean, uh, the what was it, Mets and Red Sox. It was the Mets and, and Red Sox. It w- was in that series, I think they were down uh, down by two runs in one of the games. I remember mm-hmm. that very game with two outs and an 0-2 yep. count. And they came Got all the hook. way back. Yeah, so you never know. Well, Bellinger's the hero. I guess his ninth inning uh, game-winning single will get lost a little bit in the whole check swing thing, but that was a clutch at bat for him to snap that 1-1 tie. It really and the was. Giants lost, so it doesn't matter. But the guy who homered for the Giants was let go by the Dodgers and had to go play in Korea for three years to restart his career. That would yes, have been he awesome did. Yeah. Won. yeah, he did yeah. play uh, 35 years old, rough. He played in Korea. Yeah, and I got to know a little bit about uh, Korean baseball because it was <laughs> the summer before last. That was the only thing that was on. It was like 11 o'clock at night. And a couple of nights on the weekends, I checked it out to see what it was about. And legitimately, yeah, there's actually, there's actually a story online. And he, he's quoted in it because um, he'd been in Philadelphia. And one, so someone in Philly caught up with him and did a story, right? The teams were probably playing each other. And they were just looking for something different. And so he, he has a line, yeah, I played in Korea for three years before it was cool. <laughs> but he says, now, now I watch it because I got my friends over there and I'm checking in to see how people are doing.
Yeah. It was pretty funny. Yeah. I was in Korea before it was cool. Right. Uh, it got a, it got some run because they were it one did. of the first leagues to it come did. back. And ESPN broadcast some of their games. I, I didn't do it on the weeknights, but I did it on a couple of weekend nights because I didn't have to get up as early. Because with the time difference, I think it started like 11 o'clock our time here in the Mountain Time Zone. Yeah. I wanted to check it out, see what it was about. I mean, it's real baseball. It seemed like most of the Americans were pitchers over there as opposed to hitters. All right, other stuff we've talked about. We spent a lot of time on college football in the show. We got polls up at Twitter. You can go uh, vote. David DJ James on Twitter. And it is overwhelming. We talked about it right off the top. We said we're just not going to talk that much about Utah State. The Aggies ought to win big. This is an 0-5 UNLV team. And they played a couple close games, and they'll probably win something at some point. But it shouldn't be this week. The Aggies ought to get back on a roll here. 93% of the people, off about 250 votes, are saying the Aggies will win this game. 72.5% think they'll cover the seven-point spread. And your point was, Aggies, win this. And you're not ruling out 10-2. and two. Not Went probable, out. but I can't rule it out because we've talked about this all season. Once they got to the halfway point, the schedule potentially gets easier depending on how well they did in the first half. And they did well enough in the first half. The Boise loss, uh, even though the score was not good, you know, they moved the ball. They just couldn't finish it. So right now, on paper – which, for what that's worth, it looks like they got more talent than virtually every one of their opponents left. The tougher games, which really means I don't know they're terrible. I mean, I'm absolutely thinking they're going to beat New Mexico and New Mexico no, State San on the Jose. road. That, that, that's San the Jose, toughest Wyoming. game is San Jose. And then what, how good are CSU and Wyoming? I go, I go San Jose, Wyoming, CSU. I mean, yeah. Uh, as far as the Utes, 377 votes in. It's 53% for the Utes, 47% for the Sun Devils. Pretty close to a pick em there, which is the Vegas point spread. Even, pick em. And for BYU, sitting on 630 votes, 45% think the Cougars will win in an upset. They are six-point underdogs. So we have not had a lot. We've had a little trash talk, and it's been entertaining, but we have not had a lot, and I think that's because – Deep down, I think both fan bases are really worried they're going to lose. Uh, I Sometimes you get That's a lot a of bravado. Are oh, you going to go with nervous, not worried? Yeah. Downgrading no. it a little bit? No, because worried Man. means it's a big-time yeah. upset if you win, and I don't think it is. I think people uh, just heard the $5 off if you mentioned the zone at the register. Just mentioned I heard it on the zone. You get the $5 off because suddenly, PK, we are packed. Yeah, of course. (laughs) They just made that offer. Holy cow. Well, we've proven that a million times over. (laughs) We are swarming with people. Anyway, I'm sorry. to distract. So you yeah. say nervous, not uh Yeah, because if worried. they win, either or both win, it's not like, oh, my gosh, I didn't see that coming. But this is what competition is all about. This is the fun part. This is what I love. When you wake up tomorrow morning, you don't know if your team's going to win. But it's not like you're playing the greatest Alabama team either. This is the fun part. That makes it more satisfying. Come on, when you know you're going to win – that's sort of boring to an extent. At least it is for me, as opposed to, wow, this is a real intense game. I'm not sure we're going to win. 
That's the fun part, and it sucks if you lose. I get it. But if you do win, it's sweeter. Isn't it sweeter than if you beat Colorado or Arizona to beat the, the Sun Devils? I think it is. And same thing for BYU, man. This is a pre-conference conference game. And just to, you make this is your first conference opponent since you were announced going into this conference. It's not a conference game, obviously, but it, it just people are everybody in the Big Twelve is going to be interested in this game because they know this program, this program which has a name out west, they're playing. And wow, man, we got to we got to step it up in a couple of years. BYU's going to be no slouch, so it has a little extra spice to it. And they're about to find what it's like to have five or 10,000 BYU fans show up in their stadium because that's about to happen. Well, I'm going to go 15,000 because a lot of the women really? are going to go to the Magnolia thing, too. Yeah. So they're <laughs> going to take advantage of that stuff. They want to travel on this trip. This is the road trip they circled. Well, I know like 10 ladies <laughs> two for done one. this from Utah. And oh, I don't really? know if I don't, yeah, I don't know. That's where I first found out about it. That's why you didn't know about it cuz you didn't know anybody. I knew about it. Nope. Otherwise, I wouldn't have known about it, but I knew some people that were doing it last spring. Yeah. And now I know I, about it. I had to have been educated about it or else I wouldn't have known about it cuz I don't pay attention to it, but I found out about it. My wife told me, checked it out, followed it a little bit. I'm up to speed on it. So, yeah, I think they're going to have more fans because they can entice their if they're it, a lot of a lot of females are into football so I don't want to underestimate I think that's always been one of the most overlooked aspect of our show for 20 years is the female sports fan because oh, they're man. there if I, yeah if I had a buck for every time I lost this argument with a news director because uh, I'm with you <laughs> and they're all against it and I'm like no go to the games yeah there are it's not a 50 50 split it's not there are, you're more likely to see a group of four guys, brothers, coworkers, you know, whatever, than you are to see a group of four women. It's not impossible to see a group of four, but so many people go as couples or a family event. That is so common. So the split is, it's not 50-50, but it's 60-40. It's like you're completely underestimating where the interest lies. But, man, I'm just just I'm just knocking my head into a brick wall on that argument. I'm not getting anywhere. And some may be diehards, some may be not, but they at least have a passing interest. Particularly if it's specialized, whether it's the jazz or it's the it's BYU football, and I just use those two as an example. And they're real. They may not be into college football the way you and I are, but they're into their. In this case, we'll just use BYU. They may not be into the NBA into completely, but they're into the jazz. Yeah, it's wildly yep. underestimated. And so I think BYU is going to have a great showing in Waco. There's just no question about it. I'm saying over 10,000. The blue will be there. I think it'll be, yeah. You'll be able to see it on television when they score. I think where the stuff like the Magnolia – is it Magnolia Way? I always forget. What, what is it, Magnolia yeah, Park, yeah, Magnolia yeah. Lane, Magnolia Way, uh, whatever way, it is. Way, way, it's, way. Uh, where those things factor in is it's like when you're looking at all the good games, how do you turn it into a weekend? That's where that stuff's important. And that's why it's that in the USC game. Hey, you go down to L.A., there's tons of stuff to do, obviously, in Southern it's California. Anywhere. And do you anywhere. want to do it on a holiday weekend or not? You got more time, but maybe you got family stuff. So, but it's like you, you're looking, you're not going to Georgia Southern, you're not going to Washington State. And they got seven home games this year and an in state road game with the Aggies. So they will travel, absolutely. All right, DJ and PK, they're flooding into Marley's now. 
As long as we're here till the top of the hour, stop by, place your order, say you heard it on the zone, and they'll give you $5 off. Get your breakfast sliders. Uh, we'll tell you all about it coming up. DJ and PK. We're at Marley, 1600 North exit off I-15. And it's just west of the freeway, a couple hundred yards. And Timonogos, Harley, Davidson, DJ and PK. It's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. And it's all over almost here. Don't go nowhere. DJ and PK, it is time for your feedback. Who's winning this weekend? Dylan says if BYU gets a few of their injured players back, Mason Wake was missed on some of those inside blocks. And Jaron plays well. I think BYU wins by three to seven points. A-Rod did say, we ran it this morning, Mason Wake is expected back. Got hurt, been sidelined, but expected to be back in for this one. Sweet. Dominate inside. How about Utes, Bears, and the Aggies? That's from AK Ute Man. <laughs> the Utes. <laughs> Making sure they pick Baylor. Oh, sure. Yeah, that's, that's why it's one of the greatest rivalries in the country. Let's not run from it. Let's embrace it. Bart says, got a feeling it'll be Utah. Go Utes. Sure, if you're a Ute fan, why wouldn't you have that feeling? Absolutely. Kent says, BYU, ASU, and Utah State, go Cougars and Sun Devils. <laughs> well, I think this week, especially if you're a BYU fan, because you beat them, and so you'd want your rival to lose to them. That just proves your 21, 2021 dominance even more. That team then is sixth ranked, probably in the top 15, and the only loss they have is to you? Yeah, I get it. Ron says, Utah 27-20, and BYU over Baylor 31-21. That'd be a season high for uh, points allowed by Baylor, 31. 31 will be a winning number with the BYU defense, won't it? If they get to 31, they win? Uh, yeah, depending on special teams, you know, you can score or, or you get short fields. I mean, Boise had some short fields there. So you just on the surface, yeah, but, you know, how are those points? What did they come on? Those things matter. You can have a great defensive effort and still give up 30 points as a team. Special teams, turnovers, short fields, you never know. Yeah, right. Draper Utes says Utes by three, Baylor by 50, RSL 2-1 to one over Colorado. <laughs> by 50? <laughs> 50. Draper Half a hundred, as the old ball coach used to say. I know where your alliances lie. At least I know. I'd rather know than not know. Yeah. Well, he put, he put uh, Draper Ute in his uh, Twitter handle. So sure, he's nothing wrong with that. You're a pretty fan. upfront about where his alliances yep, lie. Absolutely. All right. Any other words of wisdom before we go? Any shots you want to call? Uh, come on down to Marley's. You can get five bucks off. Fans flock in there, support our advertisers, and have a fun weekend, and we'll see you on Monday. Tell them you heard it on The Zone. they got to go in here for a few more minutes. Marley's breakfast, lunch, or dinner. they got the French toast, the pancakes. they got the breakfast sliders. Ham, bacon, sausage, even got a pastrami breakfast slider. And then coming up at lunch, the handsome Rob, the Lexi, your favorites. And a reminder that uh, no matter what your favorite is, 
They have pasture-raised, grass-fed, high-quality local beef. It's fresh, never frozen, and their ranchers don't use hormones or antibiotics to speed up growth. Marley's, 1600 North Exit off I-15. Head west, a couple hundred yards, you'll see the big Harley-Davidson dealership, and they are on the west end of the dealership. Got the drive through window going as well. They'll get you in and get you out. DJ PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. We'll see you back here Monday morning.